Are you gonna execute me for my sins? Don't think you're better than me, you fucking psycho! You... You fucking almost killed people for butting in the line! You don't butt in line! You don't sell drugs! You don't molest little children! You don't profit on the misery of others! The rules were set a long time ago! They don't change! Hello out there listeners, welcome to Culture Lust episode 16, the Seven Nerdly Sins podcast where we are force-fed a movie, a random movie, I should say, off of Netflix, and then we regurgitate our responses to said movie here. My name is Scott, I'll be your host for the day. I'm here with a friend of mine named James. I don't want to go to work. Oh dude, I feel you man, I feel you. <laughs> My brother Chris. I'm so not drunk enough for this. Um, we'll see. We'll see. That usually progresses throughout the night. <laughs> and last but not least, my buddy Jones. What's happening? Oh, so this week we were given one of uh, one of Chris's favorite movies of all time, of ultra all time. And this time he really actually means it. Uh, he's not talking about <laughs> Freddy in the Sky or any of these other arbitrary all-time favorites. This is his all-time favorite for real or one of. Uh, it's called Super, the 2010 Film done by uh, done by a, f- a lot of fan favorites. Uh, uh, James Gunn, I think he yeah he wrote it and directed it. But the uh, description says: After his wife falls under the influence of a drug dealer, an everyday guy transforms himself into Crimson, Crimson Bolt, a superhero with the best intentions but lacking in heroic skills. Um, this one starring Rain Rain Wilson, Ellen Page, um, and and to a lesser extent Liv Tyler. I think she was drugged out in almost every scene that she played in you know with the exception of the beginning but uh um i found i found it to be pretty pretty damn good pretty damn good but what we'll get into that in a little bit um so anybody but we'll start with you chris because you you said this is your all-time favorite so obviously you have some some past experience with this right so Uh, explain explain what what uh what your past experiences are with this and you know when's the last time you saw it that kind of stuff right okay um so i actually happened upon this movie i think it was sometime early last year in 2016 on netflix and i just clicked it to watch it it was just kind of one of those days where i was looking to watch something that i hadn't seen before that was literally the only criteria that i had so I clicked it. I ended up watching it. Uh, I couldn't even remember why I chose this one. I just did. And I really liked it. And I ended up... I've actually seen it a few, a couple of times, a handful of times. Uh, the last time was probably about maybe six months ago. And leading into it, when we when it came up on the randomizer, I, I was both... I was simultaneously excited and nervous. I was kind of excited because, you know, this is actually one of my all-time favorite movies. I absolutely love this movie. Or at least I did six months ago when I watched it by myself. And then I was a little nervous because I may have some unorthodox movies that I enjoy. 
Mm. And I was weird. Yeah, exactly. Right. So <laughs> I was kind of I was kind of worried that you that we would end up taking a movie that that I actually up until now felt kind of near and dear to my heart and just completely rip it apart and show all of its nasty, ugly, bad parts of it, you know. Uh, but this is a little different than Freddy in the Sky. As, as I mentioned before, we actually started recording. That was a movie that I had seen probably 15 years ago. And as a huge horror movie fan, as it, you know, it was something different in the horror genre and all that. And touched on a bunch of things that were relevant for 20 years ago. It stuck out as something that was, you know, good. And then... You know, 20 years later, looking back on it, it didn't age very well. And you guys did point out some things that, you know, 15, 20 years younger me didn't quite notice as being just really jankety. So uh, and then there was this movie that I actually had seen fairly recently and do really enjoy. So, like I said, mixed feelings, mixed feelings going into this. Uh, So, you know, I'm actually really, really looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say more than what I have to say. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised if my opinion is, is the majority. And uh, I, I was also pleasantly surprised because every single time in the past, like every single time in the past that you have had said that, uh, you know, one of these movies was good and you liked it, it was absolute ass. So James... Have you have you seen this before? I can't remember last week if you mentioned that you would watched it or not. I have, actually. Um, I watched it back when I was living in the barracks, working night shifts. I think this was something... So I used to work what they call Panama shifts, right? So you do five days one week, two days the next week, and they're all 12-hour shifts. Uh, so you get a three-day weekend every other weekend. And I think this is a movie that I watched coming off work like Friday morning at like 7 o'clock. Wasn't that tired and uh turned it on just because it was either this or marathon the office for the eighth or ninth time um which is like my all-time favorite show which definitely influenced me choosing this movie because yeah, dwight Schrute was oh. in it right <laughs> yeah. um, oh wow and uh yeah it was it was awesome then it was awesome now uh i loved it he's a he's a tremendous actor and it's I think James Gunn even worked on a few episodes of The Office, if I remember correctly. He did. He directed a couple. I think he was like married to uh, Pam Beasley for a while. I think they're divorced now, but you can definitely see some, some, some of his comedy styling and all that in The Office, as you do here in Super. And Dwight Schrute, aka Rain Wilson, that guy's awesome. Uh, very underrated in my opinion. He's got a few other movies. He's got one really good one on Netflix right now. And um, I'm always looking to check out his work. Uh, the Rocker is another one of my favorite movies where he's in it, too. And, uh, yeah, so I've seen it, and I was excited because what did we watch last week? Oh, yeah, Outcast. Outcast. <laughs> yeah. Outcast, yeah. This was a, this was a good, um, a, I don't know, a good retreat <laughs> from, the, from, the, from the garbage lands. <laughs> oh, yeah, a, ple- a pleasant surprise. That was, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's, you you mental mental health professionals out there is shitty movie syndrome is that a real like thing is that in the DSM because I think I think I have it we'll petition or for had it. it yeah I think I had it before then we just gotta so, get um, it peer reviewed and we'll put it in there there we oh, go look I, I got three I got three of you guys here we're good solid Dude, whatever you want put in that thing um Jones 
I know as a, as as the resident, not even though you don't want to admit it, the resident subject matter expert on um, the technical side of film. Um, what do you what do you think about the uh, introduction? And did you have any prior knowledge of this? Well, I've seen yeah, like James, I've seen the movie probably when it came it was like 2010 when it came out. I saw it when it came out. I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it then. I still enjoy it. Um, and and to answer your question, I love I love this intro because it like jumps right in. Mm-hmm. Um, it jumps right in. And then it goes to the credit of the cool, you know, hand-drawn, like, shitty, like, kids drawing. But it was actually, uh, what was his name, Frank? Um, yeah, because yeah. the hands was, are a little big, sweetheart. That's yeah. What, that's, what you, that's how you can tell. <laughs> I really enjoy. yeah. I really enjoyed the intro. And it started off with my big bugaboo, and that is narration. Um, probably one of the only things I didn't like, didn't like about the movie, but... Yeah, solid solid movie. I like this movie. And and to note, it had a um, two point five million dollar budget as opposed to last movies or last week's movie Outcast had twenty five million dollar budget. Just saying, literally ten times the budget. Yes. Is it bad that I actually don't remember last week's movie? Yes. Well, no, I mean, it, that's, that's it furthers normal. my point. Yeah, it depends on who you're talking to. But yeah. No, that's like that's, that's expected. Like really? No, seriously. Dead. I'm dead serious. You guys are talking about this movie Outcast. I'm like, I can't tell you a thing about it. <laughs> so intro wise, intro wise, um, uh, James, did you have you have any anything to add to what Jones said? Uh, I agree I, with what Jones was saying. I like how it kind of just went into the movie, and we see this guy who's mediocre at best, very uninteresting character, and. He only has two perfect moments in his life, and he has to hand draw them out and slap them on the wall, which is definitely he can't even do that, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's funny because so we tell people all the time that are struggling with motivation, depression, you know, uh, self affirmation is like one of the best things you can do because you got to train your brain to be in a positive mindset. So it's kind of what he was doing. He was reminding himself of his perfect moments, and he wanted to start his day out with those so that maybe he could achieve something of that level. And his wife comes along and just knocks him down instantly. <laughs> and it was it was just very telling of what this guy's life entails right now. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. And then the, the hand drawn credits. I love how the characters were out of breath at the end of it. You know, <laughs> it was that was just, good. Yeah, it was nice. This movie was quirky and it was kind of off the cuff. And it was it just started out that way and it just set the tone and the whole movie followed and it was awesome. It was it was quirky, and and yet there's this extremely interesting like polarization of reality, kind of like under underlying every single thing. Like you're like you're talking about with the pictures. Is you know he's 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 trying to do this positive affirmation thing, and and I know like I, I saw that and I was like oh you know good for him even though it's silly looking pictures and I I laughed you know because it looks stupid. But I was actually thinking, I was like, okay, good for him. You know, he's, he's, he's trying to get out of it. And then his wife walks by and goes, you know, some arbitrary, she thinks it's an arbitrary comment, but it totally destroys him because he, he goes back to the drawing board with the whiteout and stuff. Um, uh, Chris, introduction, dude. Did you, you have anything else to, to add? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the same camp as, as Jones is. I hate narration to start movies. Uh, because to me, it feels more like the the tell, don't show. You're telling me everything, but I'm watching a movie, so why don't you just show it to me? However, in this movie, when it first starts, 
I, I feel, and, and this is not to oppose what, what Jones was saying, because, you know, he did turn around and say he, in spite of it, he still liked it. So we're kind of in, in the same group again. Uh, in this, there's kind of an exception because as they're showing things, it's it's almost like, you know, he's sitting down almost like in therapy, just talking about these profound moments in his life. And it's, I think it's just the way that he presents it that I think really hooks you from the very beginning. I, you know, I, I found myself again, even after, you know, this is, I don't know how many views, but this is a, a repeat viewing again, immediately found myself just drawn in by, I guess you could say the, the futile normalcy of the main character. If that makes sense. He's so he's normal, almost in just a crushing sense of the word. He's he's the ultimate white male, according to societal societal (laughs) expectations. Right. Uh, Yeah. The only only thing different is he's married to Liv Tyler, which is totally not normal. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You know, and and, and it, it just I think, you know, the first what three minutes of the movie instantly touches on so many different aspects of his life so while yes okay on the surface he's normal from the very beginning from the absolute first frame of this film we're starting to see all the unique aspects of his character that just are are lying just underneath the surface because you know what is normal you've heard that cliche question right you know what's a normal person well who who the hell knows you know and i don't know maybe i'm reading too much into you know some uh, some opening you know uh bit in a movie but it just it feels like they express hey he's normal then they're like yeah you know he was bullied as a kid. He had a lot of issue, you know, a lot of things where when he was younger that led him to where he's at now. And as was pointed out previously, he's doing his best to hold on to the moments in his life that are positive and that are good. And he wants, like I said, you know, as you guys said, he wants to start his day that way. And I don't know. I, again, even looking at it with a, the eye of a critic now, instead of just an eye of a, of a viewer, still found myself just instantly pulled in. You know, it, it could have been the kind of story that you could see in any house in suburban America. It could be any, it could be one of any million of stories. And yet I still, just the way it was shot, the way it was done. And Rain Wilson, I, 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 seen i think two episodes of the office i, I never really got Blasphemy. into it yeah that's yeah I, I i just never really got into it so i don't really have any previous experience of rain wilson's work so this is really kind of the first time i've ever seen him you know on on screen or, or, or anything and i'll agree i think he's absolutely fantastic so i gotta slightly contest something you're just saying just because it just goes against what i was thinking i didn't i wouldn't describe his character as normal at all 
Um, he's above average height. He's below average looks. His hair won't comb. He even specifically states that, right? He drives a piece of shit car. He's got a dead end job. He's got a wife that doesn't love him. Um, to me, none of that's At, normal. It's actually really actually, depressing and sad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, but that sounds like normal to me. That's not average I, at all, in my opinion. Well, and I don't think yeah. they were going for him being normal. Yeah. I think the point was that he's not normal. Like I said, he but, was yeah. he was mediocre at best. But no, but that was the point that I I made was on the surface. You just look at him and you think that's just a normal dude. But they instantly start presenting all these different aspects about him that are unique and are different. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't it's, think he was normal I, in, from the get-go. In, in my opinion, they took what they did was they took normal things and then ramped them up to ten and made them oh. um, all, and then they piled them all on the same dude, right? So somebody might have a dead end job, uh, whatever. But this dude, or, you know, and somebody else might be ugly. This dude was like all of them at once, which really made the character for me relatable because it's like, and I, what I would assume to be relatable to a lot of people because it's like, well, you don't have to relate to every single piece of him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, if if I, you know, what so a, a lot of a lot of like his uh, um, self image stuff, right? Like, I mean, who hasn't sat around and went, man, you know, is it, I got a, I just got a pimple this morning, like, man, I'm. I'm not, that's kind of, I'm kind of ugly. You know, it's, it's just like a hint in reality, a hint of those things is normal, but James Gunn took those kinds of insecurities and those things and made them to the extreme. But it, for me anyway, it made me kind of go, oh, you know, I can, I feel for this dude because I've had those kinds of thoughts before. Not that that, I mean, I've never sat in front of the mirror and just cried my butt, my eyes like, out. I'm an ugly crier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, people are ugly when they cry. I've never done that, but, Which you know, there's funny just though, a lot of aspects that are the same. Every time Katie and I watch a movie together and someone starts crying, we'll comment on how ugly they are when they cry. Like, it's... I think people cry, uh, yes. <laughs> like, um... <laughs> What's her face? Uh, Anne Hathaway. Uh-huh. She was in uh, Les Miserables. The ugliest crier by far. Like, oh. hands down. Ugliest crier out there, dude. <laughs> I think I... Yeah, is it... I can't... I remember the scene. I think I remember the scene. She her is, hair's all messy and crazy. But all it does is make me want to give her a hug. Well, I, yeah, I would hug Anne Hathaway. I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> right. But uh, she's an ugly crier. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, uh, Mr. Wilson is is no better. He's he nails the ugly crier. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, that's commitment to the, the part, crier. though. That's commitment to the part. I like that he was crying ugly, and then he commented that he was an ugly crier. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's awesome because he's so self aware. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's got all this like kind of introspection going on. Yeah, um, like, like but, he, I mean, like I said, though, it's all turned up to ten. Mm-hmm. It's, Right, of course, yeah. It's just like, you know, he's one of those people that just spends most of his day thinking about his life. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, James, what else did you find, what else did you find positive about the movie besides, uh, uh, Mr. Wilson's ugly cry face? <laughs> well, just his overall performance is really good. He, he, did, he's a really good job at, sh- uh, emoting and, um, cause like, I've, seriously watched the whole series of the office i don't even know how many times now like we'll literally finish the ninth season and we'll just start season one over like right after that 
it's just our go-to thing on Netflix. We marathon the office all the time. So for me to literally watch hundreds of hours of Rain Wilson being Dwight Schrute, for me to not see him as Dwight Schrute at all during mm-hmm. Super just kind of is a testament to his acting ability. Yeah, I totally expected. I expected to see Dwight Schrute the whole time. Yeah, but didn't happen. Yeah, it was good. But he's like I I empathize with him, man. When when he came home and all the stuff was gone and his mm-hmm. you know his wife had left, like I felt bad for him. And then when he's like <laughs> confronting Kevin Bacon about it and stuff, like you just oh, you you oh, Jacques, <laughs> you feel Jacques J O C K. Yeah, J O C K. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, you feel powerless with him, you know. Like they did a good job, and uh, it was it was pretty amazing. Uh, I loved just the over the top averageness of like his ability as a fighter, because he's you know he's not a superhero and he's using a freaking pipe wrench as a weapon, which, and they showed it too. It was legit, just like cracking skulls open. And they yeah. have a montage of him just assaulting the city, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> like, putting people in the ICU and stuff. Like, it was hilarious, man. He, uh, at one point, he dropped a cinder block on somebody. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that'll crush your spine, man. Like, <laughs> it's just so bad. Yeah. yeah, so they did a really good job of bursting that hero bubble that we mentioned before. Because um, he gets beat up, he gets shot, you know. Uh, people die. So they did a, they did a good job of bursting that bubble uh i love the soundtrack not so much like the just the instrumental suspenseful stuff like that's just your standard insert dramatic suspenseful music here but uh yeah like i think they had the clash in there they had some post-rock stuff like it was just cool and it set the tone and it made it fun fun to watch um i don't want to steal all of them so uh my my favorite scene i think where i probably laughed out loud the most is when he first goes into the comic book store and he asks for uh, the Holy Avenger, and what turns out to be yes. the store owner, like yeah. talks shit about it, and then he goes to hand a comic to a kid and he's like, "Hold this, asshole." <laughs> <laughs> that dude was in every scene in the back, like yeah. sleeping, sleeping. Yeah, dude, like when great. he's just straight up called the kid an asshole, all nonchalantly. Like I just died, dude. Like, <laughs> As somebody, as somebody who's grew up like going into places like that, yeah. that's not far from the truth, man. The dude behind the counter is always a strung out freaking jerk. It's the way, the way, the way of the comic book world. Um, yeah, it's um, I don't know, man. It was it was amazing. I, uh, I like I said, I don't want to steal all of them. I don't want to monopolize it. So I'm I'm gonna stop here. But there's just we could talk about all the positives for this movie forever. Like it's so good. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, it was very good. It was very good. I, I'd like to. My I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in my my two cents real fast. I, I'm gonna just mention one thing here, uh, and I hinted at it during the intro. But this movie has this had this really fascinating uh, underlying kind of um, reality to to this fantastical story, right? So. I mean, when I was younger, middle school, elementary school, I was like, dude, how cool would it be to be a superhero, right? Well, I never thought, you know, what, what would it really be like to go out and, you know, hit somebody over the head with a, my superhero weapon? <laughs> and, and in this movie, yeah, yeah, this movie doesn't pull any punches, right? I mean, like when, when um, um, Bolty or uh, Libby, uh, you know, she gets shot and... 
I was like, oh, she's going to get up because she was bitching about her vest. And then he rolls over and no, she's no, there's no way in hell she's getting up. She's straight up canoed, man. Yeah, yeah. I was like, holy shit, wait a minute. There's 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 all this kind of like behavior, like uh, mental health issues with, with him and uh, and his wife. You know, he had like this, this um, really funny nice guy syndrome thing going, which carried him all the way through to the end where... Dude, he was he, talking about he he made his wife's drug dealer and lover eggs like <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and so so there's all this there's all this fantastical stuff where you know he's like I want to be a superhero and then they add in they they always smashed you in the face throughout the movie you know in in a very entertaining way I thought um, you know the actual reality of that you know he goes in. And gets mad at this dude who cuts in line at the movies, and he gets pissed off, and he wants to go change his clothes, right? So he doesn't. I mean, there's no more phone booths anymore. So he goes, gets in his car, and he's like, you know, this uncomfortable like change. And you know, this little girl sees him in his underwear and all that stuff. But it's like this, where, where the comic books and the fantastical side of the story usually kind of does like a a hard cut, and then goes back to the heroics. This movie fills in the blanks, you know, so you really do see, like, okay, how did Superman really dis? If Superman really does change his clothes in a in a, in a phone booth, then what the hell? What you know? How does he? The logistics of that? How does he not? How does nobody see him? Yada yada yada. And this kind of, uh, you know, so this movie really hit hit on a lot of this stuff. But, um, uh, like you said, James, man, I don't want to take I don't want to take everybody's thunder. Um, Jones, what's <laughs> up, man? Do you. you Lay, lay lay your positives on me. Yeah, I'm shower them. I'm with you guys. Sure man. You got it's, plenty. Like like I said before, we started recording. I just take general notes and then I sort them out in like ups and downs, and then it seems like every single one there were like maybe two, but every single one went into my ups. So I I don't want to spend three hours talking about it, but my um just a couple things. I love the costume because it was just like so so stupid and like so like so real like this this idiot went out here and put together this thing with like zippers and duct tape and uh and it, it just I, I really liked the costume it was really funny and and to go with the costume i freaking loved the the wrench like it was just the best weapon he, for him yeah he goes into the comic book store and he's like i need to find some superheroes that don't have like superpowers you know and and, and why like that's kind of weird and then like oh research <laughs> you know, after all that stuff, it, it flashes to him. It cuts to him with the like the goggles on and stuff, like he's doing all this science, and he just whacks a friggin' melon with a wrench, and he's like, "Okay, <laughs> you know, this would be good to go." Yeah, totally. So, uh, <laughs> this he goes and stops this uh, this drug deal, and these guys come up, and then he grabs this little smoke bomb. And then lights it and, <laughs> and throws yeah. throws it at their feet and runs like it's a like he's popping smoke and getting out of there. It's so funny, man. And he runs to his car that he parks at his house. <laughs> like just, ten feet away. He's just the worst <laughs> yeah. the worst superhero. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I really liked I love this movie. Um at one thing, like I didn't know if it was intentional, but like was he mentally ill, or was it just like a an, like some artistic thing that the director did? Because like he he was he'd seen visions his whole life. Yeah, was this like 
I don't know. Borderline schizophrenia. <laughs> yeah. Like no, I mean, and, yeah. and that's what I, I think that's what they're going for. And it was just very, very subtle. But it was like, yeah. so are you saying that people with schizophrenia do this thing? Like, I didn't understand the message that they're going for. I guess that was in my negative, but. Maybe he was just having a psychotic break. His life was falling apart. And the only good thing yeah, he maybe. had in it just dipped out on him to be a drugged up sex slave. But he said he had visions his whole life. That's true. He did say that. You're right. But I don't know. So I'm like sitting there. Diag- I'm opening up my little DSM and like watching this movie. Right. Um, You're trying to shrink the character. <laughs> it's awesome. I you, love. You, you you make a joke about it, but like in the um, if you go look in like the psychology section at like Barnes and Noble, Book a Million, all that, there's actually a mm-hmm. big ass textbook, like a good few hundred pages thick on the psychology of Batman. Like yeah. Oh well, really? yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And this is a, this is there are a lot of parallels. He has a lot of parallels to Batman. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's crazy, man. So yeah. yeah, you could diagnose characters all day long. Definitely. Uh, I mean, that's interesting. It's that's fascinating. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Um. So like the the practical effects in this movie were so freaking on point. They were just and so, out of I, nowhere. I know. And, and like the tentacles <laughs> that were like holding his head still and cutting his head open. Oh, jeez! <laughs> All of that was done practically. Like those are real props. It's... Um, to a certain extent, there was a little CG in there, but like the brain cutting that that was a real brain, and they just kind of composited it. And then the um, the the headshot wound to Libby at the end that was definitely CG. But the effects in this movie were just so surprisingly good and so well integrated, and they didn't stick out. Um, I like since it. since you brought it up and it's kind of on the topic right now, I want to know who his cable provider is, where you can just be flipping through channels and randomly yeah. land on tentacle porn. tentacle porn <laughs> just on playing head, straight hentai, <laughs> straight hentai. I'm like whoa, dude, whoa! Dude. I I saw that and and I immediately went, wait, what the hell? What does it have to do with anything? And then the tentacles came out when he was having his like little episode, and I was like, "Oh, okay, you know, thanks, thanks, James Gunn for finally following through on some random ass stuff." You know, so many of these movies do stuff like that, and you're like, "What was that for?" And it never comes to fruition. But this one was was good. And then just kind of the last thing I want to the the I'm gonna go back to the wrench. Just the sound of it hitting people's heads. (laughs) It was like, oh jeez, it was. You know, it was, it's weird to say, it was oddly satisfying. Like, it was, like, it was very visceral, and, like, they didn't even cut. Like, with the guy who cut in line, they didn't cut from it. He just whacks his head, and it's, it's it looked like um, uh, The Walking Dead. That's <laughs> where, spoiler alert, gets hit in the head. It was really well oh, done. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. really, it's really well done. I mean, that's all I got. Like I said, I, I actually stopped taking notes after a while because I was just enjoying the movie, and I didn't even realize I didn't write anything down for like 30 minutes. What about what about you, Chris? You got any positives to add? Maybe. Chris! Um, all of them? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, to... Yeah, I don't want to double up on on anything. I really enjoyed this movie from start to finish. Um, I did like the visceral nature of the violence when contrasted to the overall light tone of the movie because it's portrayed as a very lighthearted kind of 
you know, almost comedy. But then you have these moments of unhinged, unbridled violence that are done really almost gratuitously. But again, it's in contrast to the the overall uh, seemingly light tone of, of the film. And I don't know. Um, I think my biggest up for this movie has to be the ending. Because I absolutely 100% hate the mushy, sugary, sappy, dumb, forced, just 100% happy, happy ending. I just, I don't like those. It's kind of like one of those reasons I've never liked, even as a little kid, I never got into Disney. I just don't like the happy, happy endings. Unless it makes sense. And this movie did not have one of those. Because he goes through all of these trials and tribulations. He goes through what's obviously... I think it's obviously a some sort of break in his life to help rescue the you know what he assumed was the one thing in his life that was better than normal better than average and he loses her he ends up a few months after you know spoiler alert a few months after the big climactic scene he loses her she leaves him and marries someone else and has four kids and she's happy without him and, and he he convinces himself that that he he was the catalyst to all that yeah. stuff and how well and, if he didn't he show makes, up to like, that I'm house, happy now he, she wouldn't have been yeah. able to have the life yeah well he probably isn't wrong you know so he may you know he convinced himself of that but the fact that you know especially at the very end when you saw that he was getting letters from the kids and they called him Uncle Frank. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, someone thought he had a pretty major impact in. Uh, what's her? Oh, God. What was her name? Uh, Sarah, his wife. Obviously, you know, she felt that he had an impact in her life as well. If she's still, you know, having her kids write him letters and he's still a big part of her life and all that. And he could, you know, I mean, so I don't think he really had to stretch with that you know and even then and it's not even like he found someone else and he's okay because you know his sidekick libby gets half her face blown off you mean his rapist right Uh, yeah that was an awkward scene very uncomfortable wow yeah but no well yeah that's true that's true but still she wouldn't have been in that house if it wasn't for him either Mm mm-hmm yeah, I can see that. He he ends up, you know, instead of having those two pathetic, well, I don't want to say pathetic, but two things that he calls his high points in life, he ends up filling his wall with multiple pictures mm-hmm. and, you know, all these accoutrements that symbolize all the stuff that happened because he risked himself and, and because of mm-hmm. Libby de- as Libby's death and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, and sometimes you can find happiness even in the worst moments. Yeah, so... Speaking of awkward, speaking of awkward, that oh, man, you're gonna uh, talk about me again? Scene, no, that rape scene. <laughs> How about oh, that rape scene? Oh man, which one? <laughs> there were two. Yes. So the rape scene, either one doesn't matter. 
that that stuff I found that to be um, the Libby one. I found to be really very weird, and I'm not. That was like the the biggest negative for me. Um, what about you, Jones? You have any any other ones for negatives or just that? But just negatives in general. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll echo that. But the the second rape scene I didn't like even more. Where it was like Liv Tyler was on the the bed and the the drug lord or whoever that guy was was raping her. It was something that truly did not need to be in the movie. And the only reason I didn't like it, I mean, obviously I don't like rape, but the only reason I didn't like it in this movie is because the movie would have been the same without it. Like you could have implied, you could have heard her upstairs, like you didn't have to show it. So now this actress has to go through this and portray this sort of thing. And I don't know, that, that sort of thing takes me out of the movie. I really, really didn't like it. I didn't like narration at the beginning or at the end. I don't like it. I hate it. I'll say it a thousand times. Um, and that's it. <laughs> I'm sure there are other little technical oh, wow. things, but I really, there's nothing really glaring other than, or other than those couple things. Um, Libby's character, I believed that she would do that sort of thing though. So I was kind of teetering on making that a negative or not, but. She was like a little sociopath, man. She they, was, yeah. She was well, she a, was a sociopath. Yeah. She was a little crazy. Yeah. Man. She was like, look at my moves. I can't believe I did. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't believe you killed that guy. You didn't tell me I wasn't supposed to kill him. You have to teach me these things, you know. <laughs> uh, which I laughed at, but at the same time, I was like, oh, hold up, this chick is fucking crazy, man. Yeah, look at my moves. The old, uh, he's like, you did cartwheels. <laughs> <laughs> What the? You did car with. Um, ne- negative stuff. James, you got you got some more. Um, same thing. Both both rape scenes I thought were a little off the cuff. Um, I didn't really like the God stuff either. Um, I know just from personal experience that a lot of schizophrenics tend to gravitate towards gravitate towards religiosity, hyper religiosity, and stuff like that. So maybe that's what it was. Uh, but it just, I don't know. It just kind of bothered me. I felt like he could have got guidance from somewhere else or direction or inspiration or whatever, you know, insert word there um, from other sources, you know. But it was what it was. It was a catalyst for the story. So it's fine. It just kind of annoyed me after a while. But that's, that's really the only negative I have, man. Um, yeah. I was a little apprehensive about Kevin Bacon because he's had some hit or misses, but I thought he was pretty good in this movie. So apparently yeah. Jean Jean Claude Van Damme was originally going to play him, but he just kept not showing up to set, so they recast him. Wow, <laughs> really? So and they kept the name Jacques. Wow. That's that's why his name was Jacques. Oh, because he would have huh. the accent and stuff. Okay, that's interesting. Oh. That's wow. cool. Yeah, that's, I didn't know that. That's hilarious, dude. Yeah, I was just reading. Yeah, Kev, I think Kevin. Kevin Bacon was pretty solid. I, I like the uh, the part where I know we're on negatives here, but um, I don't know. Do you, well before I, I mention it, Chris, do you have any any negatives to add? No. Okay, I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, I, I like I like <laughs> I like Kevin no, Bacon it, when yeah. he's like uh, I, when he's like, I, "Hey, I tried. Hey, did you did you touch touch my car again? Yeah. Touch my car again? I'm gonna get pissed." <laughs> and he he like pokes it like with his finger. He just pokes it with his finger, and he goes, "Okay, that's." That's not the touching I was talking about. He's like, oh, he just gets back in the car and goes, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So funny. All those one-liners is good. 
Mm. And that's that's kind of one of the things. It's like even in minor roles, where it, where like for example, like Liv Tyler, Sarah's character is Sarah's character is incredibly important to the plot and the story that's being told. Sarah the character is not really a big factor in this movie. As in, she's not in a lot of scenes. She doesn't have a lot of things that she's doing herself. She doesn't drive the plot personally herself. But even in that role, they got Liv Tyler, who is a very accomplished actor. Same thing with Jacques. He's just basically the big bad that's there to get you know, chased and pursued, played by Kevin Bacon. Again, a very accomplished actor for, you know, the last 30 plus years. Uh, the, one of the main henchmen, uh, played by Michael Rooker, who's a, again, a very accomplished actor. So you have all these really good actors and actresses in smaller roles. And don't so, forget about Nathan Fillion. Yeah, He's man. my man. Oh, He's yeah, really right. Man. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Nathan Fillion. Um, and you'll notice one of the one of the one of the henchmen of Jacques is actually one of the henchmen one of Michael Rooker's henchmen in the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's also James Gunn's brother. Is that why? Right. Exactly. But still, it's just you have really when you have a lot of talent in your uh, your like secondary cast, it just. In my mind, it just it makes a movie that much better. If it's better. already good, right, right. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I tried, I tried so hard to come up with like anything that I found as a negative, but anything that I found as a negative, like the rape scenes, I did find uncomfortable and awkward. But that was the point. Yeah, but I'm saying, but so, my point was, it the the second one wasn't no, I, necessary. I, like it, you right. didn't need no, it no, no, no. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I totally, like, I can see that view, like, totally, and and yeah, I guess. But I mean, it, I don't know. It, it kind of goes along the same lines, though, of um, just the kind of brutality and the reality of of the subject matter. Um, mm-hmm. because I mean, they would, they didn't have to really show that dude, you know, getting his head freaking crushed. Yeah. For what? What, what did they? What do they call them? Um. Taking cuts? I know it wasn't cuts. Uh, but but don't but. Butted. Yeah, don't but. You, don't you but. Don't but. Yeah, I, it's and and I I I echo I echo your feelings, Jones, because I mean that that kind of stuff is just not it, it's not pleasant either way. But um, yeah, yeah, totally. It, it, I think it just kind of goes along the same the same vein of like you know the, we're not going to pull any punches with. Uh, you know the kind of under the CD underbelly of of this whole like uh, superhero thing, and you know dealing with the dregs of humanity and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, final commentary. Final commentary. So, <clears throat> I am a huge fan of Ellen Page. For one, uh, have you guys ever seen Juno? Yeah, Rain Wilson was in Juno. Too. I have not yeah. actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I missed out Juno's, on a lot of movies. Uh, you should check out Juno. Well, Juno is one of those like touchy feely movies. It's it's got its funny. Movies. It's like this. It was an I don't independent like movies film. that make me feel things. Was it? It was an independent film. Yeah. And oh wow. It just okay. took a lot of yeah. So they 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 have yeah. these lower budget films. They're independent. And they have these big name actors who take pay cuts, and then every now and again they get a big um get a big break. This one didn't though. A big hit. 
I, which is I don't know why. I mean, this movie was was really good. It's kind of yeah. odd how how it didn't explode. This wasn't marketed really. well. I don't I don't even remember the commercials or anything for it. You mean you mean this yeah, movie? Yeah, this one. It, Super. Yeah, this it only movie. did three hundred twenty thousand. A big part of it was Kick-Ass was released around the same time, and it had a much bigger marketing budget, and had a had had a had a prior uh, IP that it was pulling off of. Yeah, because it was based on a comic book, and so a lot of people like accused this movie of ripping off Kick-Ass, even though. This movie was, if I'm not mistaken, completed, I think, about a year earlier than Kick-Ass. It's a different movie, though. So, yeah, but if you look at the trailer, people are going to think the same. And I'm, yeah, I'm not maybe. saying that's right. I'm just saying that that's actually one of the things that uh, the director, that James Gunn, uh, actually Mark, he actually said. He, uh, he's even, you know, he said, like, people were giving him crap because... He's like, oh, he, you're just ripping off Kick-Ass. And he's like, dude, my movie was completed a year before the Kick-Ass movie came out. Like, w- what the hell, man? He's like, they're doing their thing. I'm doing my thing. They're different movies. But gritty, real-life superhero movies, apparently there's only room for, you know, one in public consciousness at any given moment. It's well. It's weird though, because I'm looking at Metacritic, right? Metacritic gave it a fifty percent, which is BS. It's it was drugged down by a couple of uh, people just oh, it's absolutely having a bad day. But uh, it's awards and rankings. It's the number seven most shared most shared movie of 2011. I'm not real sure what that even right. means. Um, but I mean that means it got some kind of word of mouth traction. It, I would it did. It did. It's actually because if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, it was considered a massive bomb at the box office. But when it hit uh, video on demand, it blew up, and it's considered one of the one of the most successful uh, video on demand movies released by IFC, which is a distribution independent company film or channel, some kind of company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's considered one of the most successful IFC. Uh, video on demand titles uh, ever. So, yeah, once it hit video on demand and people could just watch it and not go to a theater, it apparently blew up. So, yeah, okay. I mean, that makes sense. And also, I mean, yeah. Metacritic, screw you for having ads that play with sound. Right. I Anyway, Ellen Page. I'm a big fan of Ellen Page, and and, and this movie, uh, you know, I like I like uh, uh, Rain Wilson. Uh, you know, Liv Tyler. I've I've always had a crush on her since uh, since that vi- that music video that she did with uh, Alicia Silverstone. Oh, you mean the creepy video where her dad's like totally creepy? No, that on was her. the that was yeah, the yeah, one yeah. for um no for Armageddon, the one you're thinking about, Chris. No, no, no. It's I, the same I'm, song. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware song? of the Aerosmith. No, 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 no. Don't oh. get, don't get me started on Aerosmith and their music. Okay, you want to rant? I will rant. No, I don't want you to rant. <laughs> Either way, I like Liv Tyler. So I, you know, this the, in, in, and a huge fan of of Nathan Fillion. I think Firefly is one of my favorite um, TV shows. Which, by the way, you're thinking of the video for? Uh, uh, I think it's amazing. Yes. 
That's what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. The the Liv Tyler Alicia Silverstone double whammy. I don't I don't think my adolescent eyes could handle such amazing <laughs> stuff yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's like dividing it. by zero. It happened. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But uh, so I like this. I mean, I like the stars. I liked all that stuff. It was it was done well enough to where I didn't want to nitpick i didn't notice all it didn't pull me out of uh, my suspension of reality because i didn't I, you know i didn't want to nitpick all of the smaller things that really didn't really that that really didn't make a whole lot of sense um a, as an example you know how does this dude who is basically a fast food chef or a chef in a diner how does he uh afford a house in the suburbs mm. you know like there's there's a lot a lot of that kind of stuff that was and if the if the story and the characters and the actors were uh, less of a caliber and less entertaining, then I would have been kind of keying into those things. But I, I didn't do that uh, like I normally do. So, um, I mean this this movie was probably one of the better one of the better ones that I, we've we've seen. I think on um, on the show. Period. You know, I, I wasn't here for Forrest Gump and, and you know and that a couple of the other big hitters, but. Uh, this one was so far. This is my my culturalist favorite, and I would definitely recommend somebody buying this. Um, what about you, James? You got your final commentary uh, by Rent Burner Banish. Yeah, definitely gonna buy it. Um, I just threw it on my Amazon wish list. Like every every once in a while, I jump on Amazon and like buy a movie, and uh, so this is in the cycle now. And uh, yeah, highly recommend it, man. This movie is amazing. Tons of fun to watch. They burst the hero bubble. Didn't really seem like things progressed just for no reason at all. Um, yeah, oh, I, I enjoyed no, the movie. Dude, I want to put a pin in what you had just said. Because mm-hmm. that perfectly, I think, exemplifies this movie. Is things don't progress just because. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Down, I mean, just like we mentioned before, down to the... To the three seconds of hentai that they showed on there for some yeah. weird reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely anyway uh, to a lot of people. Right, so right, right. It's up there. Um, yeah. In terms of culture loss, what we've done so far, yeah, it's it's either this one or uh, Shakespeare in Love for me. As in, oh, like, you would say that. Movie. Yeah, you are. Yeah, well, you are. You a sappy you bastard. Mentioned that before. So, um, yeah, he mentioned that before. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It was a it's one of those movie. two, man. Yeah, but excellent. yeah, this is excellent. this is good. I'm kind of nervous mm-hmm. to see what's gonna pop up for next week. <laughs> <All right. laughs> on that, on that long drawn out, crazy <laughs> laugh, Jones. Final commentary, man. You buy rent, burner. Well, first banish. of all, I'm gonna capture that laugh and I'm gonna run it on a loop <laughs> for ten hours on YouTube for everybody at home to listen to. Yeah, okay. All right. So daylight gamer, daylight gamer. <laughs> You'll see it there. Don't, don't trash up my channel with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it, it, that only came about because I know what the next movie yeah, is. You don't it's, say. It's, now I'm even less excited. <laughs> I know. You, you shouldn't be. Anyway. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Jones, sorry, let me know. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah. Late on. Uh, this movie is every, every movie that we've seen so far I wish was like this one. Low budget. The director has complete control. He wrote and directed. Um, he it was an untraditional plot structure. Um, it was very interesting. It was visceral, and 
sad and happy and depressing and weird and all all these complex emotions go into this movie and i i really dig it um but yeah i want i want to buy it but i can't convince myself to purchase movies um that's it yeah i mean final commentary i i really like this movie and um i'm just i'm glad we got to watch it and break up the monotony my favorite i only started episode eight so yeah it's safe to say this one's my favorite but you didn't miss anything. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> you agree did, yeah, with that. you didn't miss anything at all worthwhile. Uh, Just you want to go back and watch Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, uh, Steven Seagal. Oh, he it up. Did. Yeah, he did miss Shakespeare in Love. Oh, he did. Yeah, he I'm assuming. I'm, assu- I'm assuming. So I would assume that Jones would have seen that already, but you know he didn't see Alien, so there's there's no telling. Oh crap! Well, I, no you know what? That Everyone gives Jones right? crap for having not seen Aliens. Well, I'm gonna throw it out there. I've never seen The Godfather or Scarface. Yeah, but those aren't. Those aren't required. It's not on the reading list. Bull. Godfather's <laughs> not on the well, reading list. All right, so the Godfather. No, like hell, they're not. No. All right, so Godfather. The Godfather, really? Maybe. Well, you haven't even seen it, so stop talking like you think it's the greatest. No, I'm just saying, like, you gonna tell me that movie's not on the reading list? Of course it is. All right, Godfather. Everything I hear is Godfather this and Godfather that, and I'm gonna make a freaking offer he can't refuse. Come on. So Godfather, pretty decent. Scarface, I would. I don't know. I feel like a certain generation made Scarface like this go-to, like they admired this gangster lifestyle thing, and Scarface got a lot of uh, popularity for no real reason, because in my opinion, if you want like a good gangster movie, Scarface is okay, but like Casino or Goodfellas, those are are way better, or even Usual Suspects is a much better movie than Scarface. Haven't seen that one either. Um... Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know where Scarface got all this praise from. So all right. that's not. But, no, I'm opinion. just saying. I'm just saying. As everyone gives Jones crap for having not seen Aliens, but we all have holes in our movie watching repertoire. I didn't know you were going with that. Oh, I have plenty. I have. So, I, we all have holes. So, so, <laughs> so, so, Jones, I stand with you in solidarity, brother. There's a ton of shit I ain't seen yet. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I uh, love you too, man. <laughs> Final comments, Chris. Final comments, Chris. Um, I think everyone knows what I'm gonna say. I absolutely love this movie. I loved it the first time I watched it, and even looking at it with a critical eye through the lens of the Cultureless podcast, I still found myself in love with this film. I love. And the word gets thrown out a lot, but it's so true. It's so accurate. It's it's a very visceral experience that shows the fantastical element of quote-unquote superheroism contrasted by the brutality of reality. And I love that it shows that an ending it you can have a happy ending that isn't just 100% perfect because for me and i'm sure a lot of people can relate life isn't perfect but it can be happy you can be happy with life's imperfections and 
yes, there are mistakes that I think everyone has made in their life and, you know, directions they wish they'd gone instead of others and whatnot. And I don't know. Maybe I read too much into just a little, you know, uh, semi-indie indie flick about super, uh, you know, some guy dressed in red bashing people over the head with a uh, pipe wrench. But it just really feels like a very relatable metaphor for life. Life has ups and downs. It has its things where you regret. and But, you know, it has things that seem bad on the surface, but ultimately result in a more f- fulfilling and satisfactory existence. I don't know. Like I said, maybe I'm thinking way too much into it, but I absolutely love this movie. I would say bye, 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 bye. Buy this movie. Watch it tons of times. Watch it with your friends. Watch it with your family. Watch it with your grandma. I don't care. Watch this movie. It's absolutely goddamn amazing. Yep, I agree. All right, man. Movie next week, dude. You've been, you've been giggling. You've been giggling. So. What do we got? Okay. So, normally, uh, we have actual movies where... The people who made the movies are trying to make a good movie. This is the first time where we got a movie where the people who made it knew damn well they were making a shitty movie and did not care. Oh my god. Movies or I no, not even. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Meet the Spartans or whatever. Once we're done recording, we're going to have some words about scary movies. No, we're not, because Game of Thrones starts in seven minutes. Anyway, <laughs> here we go. Here we Time go. Back. So this is the uh, this is the description. When a hurricane swamps Los Angeles, thousands of sharks are swept up in tornadoes and deposited all over the city, where they terrorize residents. Fuck yes, it's 2013's Sharknado, bitches. Oh yeah. Hey, Tara reads in it, so it won't be that bad. But. Yeah, well, because it's post really shitty plastic surgery, Tara Reed. Pretty sure. There's a <sighs> so basically, she looks like a toe with a fucking uh, tank top on. There's a moment where she get the shark gets cut in half with a chainsaw or something like that, if I remember right. I don't know. The only thing I have to say about this is there there are people that go to like nerd conventions like Dragon Con and they dress up like shark videos yeah. out of out of just the sheer ridiculousness of this movie. <sighs> anyway, see, but that's the thing. Yeah. There's four of these. Yeah, and none of them have ever lost money. They've all made profit. Right. Well, yeah, but when you spend five dollars to make a movie, uh-huh. it's easy to make a profit. Well. I, I, I got mean, they're bu- two. I got five bucks. Let's let's make this happen. Microsoft. Their two biggest stars are Ian Ziering and Tara Reid. <laughs> I mean, yeah. in 2013, not 1996. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, you guys are gonna love this. All right, folks, you heard it here, man. Sharknado next week. Sharknado. Uh, if you guys like what we do here. Come check us out on 7 Nerdly Sins. That's the digit 7, nerdlysins.com. Uh, head up our Twitter, at 7 Nerdly Sins. Instagram, 7 Nerdly Sins. Uh, Twitch, with Slain and the Daylight Gamer. Uh, Patreon, 7 Nerdly Sins. 
And the Discord link is in the podcast comments. <clears throat> Come uh, join us. Give us some feedback. Give us a review on iTunes or wherever you peruse your podcast content. And my name is Scott. I was here with Jones, James, and Chris. Have a good day, good night, good evening, good afternoon, good whatever it is. And we'll catch you next time. So what do you think? The Crimson Bolt? And Bolt Girl. Kid Crimson. The, the Creeping Bam. What's a Creeping Bam? What's a Toro? What the fuck is a Robin?